Live at 5 Sports with Jim Suhan of the Star Tribune and the Talk North podcast brought your way by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Bill pinch hitting for Todd today, and I guess we'll start with baseball a little bit, Jim. Uh, twins are 8-2 and two now since the All-Star break. Is it that they're that much better or the teams they're playing are not that good? I think Twins fans need to get over the, the only be bad thing, teams thing. It feels like Twins fans... Uh, are obsessed by the fact that they're playing in a bad division and that they win some games against bad teams. They've also taken the season series from the Yankees and the season series from the Astros and played some other good teams tough. So it's really more about how they're playing. Um, when they score runs, they win games. It's that simple. They're scoring more runs now. It's, it's just that simple. Uh, and yesterday they didn't, you know, they didn't get any hits with people on base for the first six, seven innings, whatever. But in general, they are taking better at bats. They're using the whole field better. Uh, and they're doing this without Polanco and Lewis, two of their better hitters, who should be back here soon. And they're really doing it without Buxton for the most part. So you've got Kirilov, Julian, Correa turning it around. Uh, you know, they've gotten a lot out of Solano. They're just, they're just taking better at bats. It's just that simple. And they're doing that against good teams as well as bad teams. And, you know, the pitching uh, again yesterday, when you could bring in that many relievers for six innings, uh, you know, not give up a run, uh, you know, that bullpen has been pretty darn good this year. Uh, well, Duran is excellent, and they're, right now they're without Brock Stewart, who might have the second-best stuff on the team, and they're without Fieldbar, who was supposed to be their main lefty this year, and he's given them almost nothing this year. And uh, Duran's been excellent. Jax has been very good lately. Uh, Moran has been better lately. Pagan has been phenomenal for about 15 outings now. He's got about a 1 ERA over his last 15 outings. So just when, you know, that's one thing about baseball. Just when you're ready to give up on somebody, that's almost always when they turn it around, whether it's Kepler or Pagan or whomever. Yeah, and there's no doubt Correa in that leadoff spot, uh, things have kind of turned around for him. And, you know, it, it it is somewhat the law of averages, isn't it, though? I mean, you are who you are, but, you know, especially baseball, when it's this long of a season, uh, you know, it's pretty hard to fake it for 162 games. It, there is usual, usually a regression to the mean. Usually players who start off slow make up for it. Usually players who start off hot don't, uh, you know, don't continue. But it's not like they have exactly the same numbers every year. You just, you just feel like you know what their median performance is. Korea is going to end up with stats that don't look good at the end of the year. But if he plays really well over the last three months of the season and helps them get to the playoffs, I don't think anybody's really going to care about that. Same thing with Buxton. Buxton's numbers are terrible. If he turns it around and, and is a driving force uh, the rest of the way, that, that's okay then. You know, it, it kind of makes up for it. Um, you know, it's not going to be an optimal statistical season for this team, but the, the, the whole point is to win your division and give yourself a chance in the playoffs, and they're still on track to do that. And I really feel like with the pitching we have, uh, they have a better chance. They maybe don't still have that real dominant ace, but – I don't know, and at least even in a five-game series, I think they've got a, a fighter's chance here, where in the past I, I kind of questioned really, you know, what, uh, you know, really what they had to match up with these other playoff teams when it came to the starting pitching. Well, they went 101 games in 2019, and their game two starter in the playoffs in Yankee Stadium is Randy Dobnik. I mean, you're just not going <laughs> to beat the Yankees with Randy Dobnik. And nothing against Randy, but he's not a number two starter in the playoffs. Uh, so this year they have five good starters, they have Barland in reserve. They might have Keich- they have Keichel in reserve if he if they need him. Uh, and we don't know who their best pitcher is right now. Uh, it should be Pablo Lopez, but he's been, you know, he just isn't quite there. He just feel like he's just a little bit off. 
Uh, Sonny Gray has was great early. He's been not as great lately. Joe Ryan, same thing. Ober's actually been excellent for yeah. a long time now. Myatt has been excellent in the last few starts. So not, not many teams have five good starters. It's just that simple. Right. Well, the last two you mentioned might be the guys I'd go with in games one and two if, if, it, if it started today. So, uh, you know, odd situation yesterday with a couple of the guys that ended up, you know, factoring in in that 12-inning game, Castro and, and, uh, and Gallo with the pink eye situation. I don't know. What did you think about Rocco? That uh, Was it the 10th inning or the 11th when he made some strange, I thought, pinch-hitting choices, bringing Vasquez in? And then, you know, I think it was the very next inning that uh, Jeffers takes that wicked foul ball underneath his mask, hits him right in the chin. I think he almost bit his tongue off. Uh, what if he had to lead the game at that time? I mean, they were they were kind of out of bench players. What do you do? Can you bring a relief pitcher in or somebody to play first base if uh, if they'd had to bring Vasquez behind the plate? They probably would have had uh, Pagan play third base. He's played third base. He played third, some third base in college. He still takes ground balls over there. So probably would have been Pagan at third base, Vasquez to behind the plate. Obviously not ideal, but you know, <clears throat> Rocco. I've talked to a lot. Of, I've talked to Rocco about this a lot. He said everybody's scared to death of using up all their players. But he said, how often have you actually seen a team run out of players? I mean, it maybe happens once a year. Maybe it happens once every five years. He said, so he said I'd rather use all of my players, take a shot at winning the game with pinch hitting or whatever I need to do or pinch running, try to win the game there, than just sit around and, and let the game transpire however it's going to transpire, and then you lose and you go, oh, we lost, and I didn't even use these two guys I could have used. He just feels like it's a, he feels like over the long haul – you're better off making whatever move you think is best in the moment and then figuring it out from there rather than just always having people in reserve on the bench. Um, now, and I, I agree with that philosophically. The one thing I probably don't agree with is pinch hitting Vasquez. I just, you know, I, I think Rocco, because this team was struggling so badly offensively uh, a month or so ago, just kind of said, okay, nobody's really hitting that well. Nobody's really hitting, you know, uh, arm side, you know, left on left, right on right, all that well. I'm going to turn this into a platoon team every chance I get. I'm going to put righties against lefties, lefties against righties every chance I get. And, you know, for me, he's probably taken it a little bit too far, but I understand why he did it. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, you know, uh, Kirloff hitting that ball down the third baseline, uh, there's a little bit of luck in baseball, too. I mean, uh, that was a, a wicked pitch that somehow he got you know enough of the bat on it. And they had a couple of, look at that short little sacrifice fly, too. I mean, it doesn't happen every day like that. Yeah, well, I mean, there's always, luck is always an element. But I would say this, uh, if you are taking the wrong approach at the plate, and if you don't have bat control, and if you aren't willing to hit pitches the other way, then you strike out on that pitch. Instead, he stays back. He is willing to use the whole field. He understands that there's plenty of room on the left side, and he executes a beautiful piece of hitting. So that, to me, was skill. Not only skill, but it's the skill this team has lacked for most of the season, which is the ability to hit pitches where they're pitched, to use the whole field. And that's where the offensive surges come from, with more, more swings like that. And the, fl- the pop fly to right field, that's really smart base running. Um, you know, it, the easy thing to do there is just stand on third base and hope the next guy gets a hit. Uh, in the situation they're in, Gallo runs really well for a big guy, and as soon as he saw the right fielder was going was kind of losing his balance, he thought, I can score here, and he was absolutely right. 
Yeah, I, I thought it was a great move, no question. Let's switch to the Vikings now. And, uh, you know, they had some of the veterans already in uh, in or at the TCO Performance Center yesterday. I think the other guys are supposed to be in tomorrow, if I re- recall correctly. Yep, and today's, I think, the official reporting day, which just means they need to notify the team that they're, like, ready to go or come in and check in or something. It's not, not a big deal. Tomorrow, everybody's supposed to be in. And this is an intriguing camp for a number of reasons. Coming off a 13-win season, uh, Daniil Hunter still isn't signed, re-signed. You know, I haven't finished negotiation with him. They haven't finished negotiation with Justin Jefferson. And Jordan Addison recited for a 140-mile-an-hour ticket and said uh, he was trying to get to his his dog who was having an emergency at 3 a.m. That might be the worst excuse I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just kind of, I'm amazed sometimes at these guys, but I think, you know, it, it, it's kind of youth, and it's the fact that, uh, you know, they they think they're invincible. But, boy, I'll tell you what, that uh, I don't care if nobody else is, you know, within three miles of you. You cover a lot of ground at 140 miles an hour. You do. Uh, and, listen, it's, it's a serious thing. He shouldn't do it. Hopefully he'll never do it again. I, I will I will give him this much of a break. Uh, there were no other cars around him, uh, so it wasn't like he was speeding through traffic like Henry Ruggs. He wasn't cited for any uh, substance problems, which is a relief because that would have been, you know, compounded this by a million fold. So bad, stupid, young mistake. And if it's the only thing he ever does, then we'll probably forget about it. If he, if he continues to screw up, then we'll, we'll always remember this. Well, we used to hear stories about uh, the drive to Mankato when they had training camp down there, the various, uh, the various crazy stories that luckily they lived to tell about, I guess. Yeah, I uh, I usually tried to make sure I drove down to Mankato when I was covering the Vikings at a different time than the players because you could get <laughs> run right off the road. <laughs> well, Jim, great to catch up with you again. And uh, like you said, the air quality wasn't the best. I hope it's better tonight for the uh, the game. And, uh, you know, people have to kind of make sure they know, they know their bodies too and uh, don't subject themselves to too much of this stuff. I was at the ballpark all day yesterday, and that uh, air quality was not good, and I wound up with a headache. So I, I wouldn't discourage anybody from going to the ballpark, but uh, you might want to sit and you might want to spend some time in one of the uh, one of the bars or restaurants or something just to uh, just to uh, get out of the air if you can. All right, Jim. Take care. Have a good good evening. Great. Thanks, Bill.